This week on the Tech Night Out Live, you'll hear from Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. This will be a year-ender segment predicting what you might get, particularly from Apple next year. A little bit later, an encore segment from Peter Cohen, outspoken podcaster. All this and more on the Tech Night Out Live. We have the one, the only, Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer for a year-ender session on the Tech Night Out Live. And there's a story at the Mac Observer that I want to ask about because it is wacky. It's a wacky story. And we wacky. love wacky stories here, okay? Oh, this is so wacky. Voice of Hebrew Siri sues Apple for illegitimate usage. Why? Hmm. Hmm. She claims that Apple did not ask permission to use her voice. Is this a Hebrew voice or what? Uh, so would voice recordings exist? Okay. So wait, let me, let me back up. Here's how, here's how they do these voices. They hire a voice actor and the voice actor essentially records a long string of both words and sounds. And some of it may be partial and some of it may be sound like it's nonsense, but it's what the, uh, I don't, I don't even know what they're called, but it's what the phoneticists who are developing the, the artificial voice, it's all the sounds that they need to be able to make speech sound like speech as we, the humans know it. So if she recorded, uh, her name is uh, Miss Gura Fina, Fini, but that's her last name. Gura Sini actually is her name. No, it's Gura, I'm sorry, Jean, it's Gura Fini. So she worked with some company. It may have been Apple, actually. I guess she did it with, uh, the, uh, for Nuance Communications. That's a company that Apple acquired in 2016. And she says that she only authorized the use of her voice for legitimate purposes. And, of course, Nuance has a contract. Uh, I'm assuming that Apple and Nuance is interpreting legitimate differently than her. Uh, she says that that Siri coaxes her likeness into spewing potential hate speech such as sexist language or hostile terminology. I don't think she's got a – I mean – I guess it'll depend on contract law. It'll depend on the contract law of the area where she is, she is suing. But I imagine she doesn't have a, have a leg to stand on, Gene. Well, of course, we have Susan Bennett, who was the original voice of Siri in the U.S. And she yes. did the same thing, and I probably worked for Nuance. Yes. Unfortunately, she is no longer the voice of Siri. Yeah, I liked her voice, too. I liked her voice too. So, I mean, I don't really think she gets to determine what legitimate is. I, I, I would be surprised if she does. Uh, that's legitimate uses. I, I mean, 
I, it, it'll depend on so much. It'll be, like I said, it'll depend on contract law of this particular area where she is suing or perhaps the area where the contract was signed. I don't know if she signed, say, in Israel. I don't know if she signed in the U.S. It could have been a, any one of, you know, it could have been any country, really. So the fact that she recorded, the fact that she had a contract and she gave her rights, I, I just would be flabbergasted if, if any court would find that Apple's use is not legitimate. Well, you look at it this way. She gets publicity. Maybe her career isn't doing very well and she's looking for work. Let's leave that because there's another story I want to ask you about. Another suit. This brand new patent troll is suing Apple over mobile payments. They can't get any rest. What's that about? Well, I didn't read that, Gene. Why you look at that, I'll talk about the bent iPad Pro. Okay. Okay. So it's what? Tiny little thing. Is that like a dip or is it a physical bend? What does it look like? It's a bend. I've seen some pictures. The The bend is pretty, the bend can be significant. I got a new uh, iPad Pro, the 11 inch. Uh, fortunately, mine was, mine was straight. Uh, I personally don't think that it's okay at all. I mean, and, and, and Apple has been very dismissive about this being a problem. I think Apple has lost its mind if Apple thinks that that those bins are okay. It's not okay. It's, when you're paying that much for a device, yeah, I mean, when you're paying anything for a device, it's just not okay. It's it's in no way okay, Gene. Like, like I'm a little bit apoplectic about this. It's incredible that Apple has tried to pawn this off as being no big deal. Merely apoplectic. Yes, nearly apoplectic. Nearly. You're not throwing bricks at the TV set or something. No, no I agree like with that. you that. But, but I seriously ahead. am tense about this. I mean, it's this is like this to me. This is an issue uh, 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 of right and wrong. Apple needs to fix this. It's it's not a big deal. Okay, let me rephrase this. In my opinion, it's not a big deal if there are a few iPads that slipped into the wild and they're bent, as long as Apple replaces them. It's it really just shouldn't be a big deal. Uh, I mean, re, I mean, like on the one hand, you can say that with Apple's the advanced manufacturing uh, techniques that they use with their manufacturing partners and and all the quality control they put, let alone the 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 large amount of money that we spend on these devices. That maybe you could argue that they shouldn't be out of the get out the door, but if they do as long as Apple replaces it, it's no big deal. But Apple has tried to say that so far. Let's try to say that this is okay, and it's just not okay. Obfuscate. Yeah, you know, it's not like with the iPhone 4 where Steve Jobs said, hold it differently. Well, this is a physical defect. Yeah, it kind of, I mean, it's it's almost like, you know, Apple saying you're you're measuring its straightness wrong. I mean, they didn't say that, but it, it just feels like it's it's super dismissive. It, it's just not OK. Uh, you know, actually, what it really reminds me of is back in the day when LCD displays were still kind of newish and it would be OK. It, like Apple would would not do anything if your display uh, showed up. Um, with five or fewer dead pixels out of the box like that was somehow OK. This is even worse than that, actually. Yes, remember this. There was a dead pixel threshold. 
Yes. We don't talk about that anymore. Well, no, it's not. It hasn't been an issue in a long time, right? It seems like everybody, Apple competitors, like like dead pixels, are definitely no longer an issue, and that's great. That's what we want. We don't want that to be an issue. But this is the same kind of thing, except for again, like these these iPads got bent somehow in the manufacturing process. I mean, this 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 not like some. I mean, like like Apple should know. I don't know. Like I said, Apple should fix this. It's not okay. There, I, there's, I, I, and I suspect that unless this was a a really small run that had this problem, I suspect that Apple's going to end up backtracking and replacing these. There was an internationally known pianist by the name of Bent Fabric from Denmark. Okay, and as soon as you talked about the Bent iPad. I thought that we should be playing music from Bent Fabric. Okay? Um, it's okay. You never heard of him? No. Okay. Well, there we go. I think he still might be alive. He wrote, I'm trying to see, he had actually a hit record. Alley Cat. That was his hit record and his hit song. Look up Alley Cat. From 1962. That's why I thought about Ben Fabric. But then you see, I'm old enough to have actually heard that song when it was popular. Say about that. We'll get into the Facebook thingies in our next segment with Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. It's our year end episode of the Tech Night Owl Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Marijuana has unleashed a green gold rush across our nation. It's creating $10.8 billion in new wealth a year. And every day, it's transforming more and more Americans into millionaires. In an historic event, former Speaker of the House John Boehner reveals how you could become one of them. Join him online for the American Cannabis Summit. Attendance is 100% free, but space is limited. Join online at www.acs2018.com. 
Com. This event is the first of its kind ever. John Boehner and an esteemed panel will reveal which cannabis stocks are primed to deliver life-changing windfalls in the weeks and months ahead. Plus, they will show you how to become a cannabis angel investor, backing the hottest startups before they potentially become worth billions of dollars. Join American Cannabis Summit online at acs2018.com. Attendance is free. That's acs2018.com. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation. Analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. Brian Schaffer of the Mac Observer is here. And one of the big stories of 2018 was Facebook. I won't say necessarily it was the fall of Facebook, but Facebook appears to be in a heap of trouble. And there's an article you have over at Mac Observer, which, by the way, is 20 years old and doesn't look Thank a day you. over 19. Thank you. Reset Facebook, have fewer friends from one of your writers. Really? I guess I wouldn't mind that. Yeah. So um, the uh, Kurt Wagner, who's writing over at Recode, he, he's the one who suggested this. He's saying that Facebook should build in uh, the ability to reset your friends. And the idea is that you have fewer friends in your Facebook group so that you can have a more intimate experience. I 
agree with this. I think that would conceivably make Facebook a better place. The only thing is, is that is that Facebook derives a lot of its uh, revenue from the ability to connect, you know, person A to person B, C, D, E, F, G, H, and I all the way up to Z. So I can't imagine that Facebook would actually do this because they make money from you having a gazillion friends that then pick and choose whose posts you see. I prefer J and K, of course, the men in black. Sure. As one does. So much for Facebook. But Facebook, I mean, you look at the weasel words that Mark Zuckerberg was using. So, for example, folks, you have the statement saying that Facebook doesn't sell your information. No, that was Google said that, right? Is that Google or Facebook? Well, both. They, they sell, sell your information. They share it. They share it. They share your information. <sighs> Why do we have to put up with that? Well, we don't have to put up. We make a choice. Anyone who's logging into Facebook is making a choice to do so. I don't think that there's anything about Facebook that makes it uh, indispensable, uh, at least not to me. Although I, I do enjoy uh, Facebook groups, uh, just to be straight up honest, I think that's the, be the, the best thing that they do. Got a, a group for uh, the Apple Context Machine, which is my weekly podcast, and that that's been that's been a a great experience having that. Do you mind if I plug the URL? I'll charge you extra. For, no, go ahead. <laughs> it's facebook.com slash groups slash context machine, and I, I think that groups are the are the one of the best things that Facebook does. But even even there, I don't think that Facebook is is indispensable. I think that anyone can just stop using it if they so if they were so to to choose. Although there is certainly actual addiction, mental addiction to it, we could all kick Facebook if we want. So we're the ones who allow Facebook to do what it does. Well, the thing is here is Facebook is big, big stuff. Yeah, it's the place where people go. Even yep. if you say, I'll use WhatsApp, it's owned by Facebook. Yeah, or Instagram, which right. I Instagram. use daily. Yeah, so Instagram is Facebook. So you have no choice there. But part of the problem is that restricts you is that all these messaging systems use their own proprietary protocols. I remember when the original iChat from Apple would take messages from Facebook and AIM and it's iCloud or whatever, and messages would do that, and then Facebook said no. Facebook withdrew the permission, I guess, to do that. The, the same thing with Ping. Ping went pong. That's why Ping went pong, because Facebook wouldn't recognize it. But I'm looking at it here that Facebook did itself no favors in what it did. It's not like Google, where you figure you're searching for something, it's got information about you, because that's why it gives you better searches. So you kind of accept Google pulling the stunt. Facebook, you think, we well, you're only there to mostly associate with your friends or if you're a business to promote your business. Right. But you don't think here that you're the product, but you are. They're selling you. They're selling your profile to people. Yeah, or selling it. The, it the, very, the very least bad thing that they do is sell access to you. But it turns out they've been sharing a lot of us, too. And by sharing, I mean profiting from business relationships from companies that are paying them. Yes, they're not selling your 
data, they're sharing it yeah. with their other companies. They are. Yeah. Yeah. It's weasel words. And we got to watch words, them yep. weasels. It's like being a politician, you know? You don't expect a politician to tell the truth all the time. You expect they're going to exaggerate. They're going to basically obscure a few things because that's that's the way it is politics. You don't expect that thing to happen. But, you know, when you have a place where you're putting your life on there to a certain extent, understand that you're putting your life on Facebook. Yeah. And you're sharing your life with other people. Yeah. And you have to realize, wait a minute, it's not just your friends who know this information. It's it, other companies and people. Have I, have I, I forget, Gene, have we, have we talked about my theory of what the real issue is with Facebook? You know, what we should be here is give a brief description. Okay, brief description. I don't think Mark Zuckerberg has the wisdom to wield the power he has amassed. Well, the thing is here, when he went before Congress, he was asked dumb questions, of course, from people who know nothing about technology, maybe because their aides didn't and didn't feed them the proper questions. And that surprises me as well, because you think some of his aides are younger people who are savvy about the Internet and could craft the proper questions, or maybe they were so busy with other stuff, they didn't get a chance to prep as they should. It was more about members of Congress grandstanding, and there's nothing unusual about that, is there? But he came across as somebody not super knowledgeable, because almost every other question he's saying, I'll get back to you with that information. And of course, I don't think he ever did. He gave that excuse. That's like saying, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Well, we don't we we don't know, in part because that that hearing was a little bit of grandstanding on the part of uh, the politicians involved. So if he did, if he did get back to them, as he kept saying that he would, we haven't heard about it. But that doesn't necessarily mean that he didn't. But nobody asked the follow up. Hey, did right. Zuckerberg and his people get back to you with a question you answered that he couldn't answer? Right, because it was it was on to the to the next catastrophe crisis. It's like certain people who lie a lot. You can't cover the previous lie because there's a new lie to replace it. So you're right. so busy covering the new lie, you forget the previous lie. Right. All right, I want to be political here because there are lots of political beliefs and people are entitled to their opinions. Sure. And we respect that. Absolutely. Tremendous. We could always go back to bend fabric and the bend iPads. In fact, yeah, we could. But we're not yeah. going to because you should not be allowed to impact that. Now, the article you had there was that it wasn't slowing down sales any because of this defect. And I want to talk about that in our next segment. We have Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. It's the year ender for the tech night owl live. <laughs> Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. 
You may need this herbal tea for relief right away. So write this down. D-R-M-I-L-L-E-R-S clinic.com. If you take meds, then suffer stomach distress, constipation, indigestion, acid reflux, and bloating, and nothing else helps, get Dr. Miller's Holy Tea or Super Holy Tea, a cleansing, detoxifying herbal tea, now available at great rates direct from Dr. Miller's office. Call or click 888-660-7039 or D-R-M-I-L-L-E-R-S clinic.com. Hear that? That's the sound of a house being trashed while a gang of thieves ransack the place. And what they don't steal will be destroyed. This year, resolve not to be the next victim of a break-in. Go to faketv.com and discover a device that creates the illusion someone inside is watching TV, even when you're miles away. Security is a mindset, and fake TV should be part of your security solution. Be vigilant, but not fearful. faketv.com For USA Radio News, I'm Wendy King. President Trump is threatening to close the southern border with Mexico if he doesn't get the funding for his border wall. Washington Post reporter Michael Scherer has more on the president's negotiations with Democrats over border wall funding. The latest offer we've heard is about $2.5 billion for the year uh, for border security. It's not clear what restrictions would be put on that, whether it could go to new fencing or not. Uh, The president has also backed off his initial demand for a concrete wall. He's now saying steel slats will be enough. While Washington remains deadlocked, 380,000 workers have been told to stay home without pay, and 420,000 others, including TSA screeners, members of the Coast Guard, and Border Patrol officers, must continue working without pay. You're listening to USA Radio News. There's no question you need omega-3s. But which form should you take? Fish oil or krill oil? Scientists have debated this for years. Luckily, there's a new solution to satisfy everyone. It's called Krill Omega 50 Plus. It combines ultra-pure fish oil and joint soothing krill oil together in just one tiny pill. It's so powerful, it can promote the health of your heart and your arteries. And if that wasn't enough, it can also boost your joint comfort in just days. We're so sure Krill Omega Omega 50 Plus will work for you. We'll even send you a free bottle to put to the test. The debate is over. It's not fish oil or krill oil. It's both. And now it's free. Just pay $4.95 for shipping and claim your free bottle. Call now. 1-800-399-6392. 1-800-399-6392. That's 1-800-399-6392. If you owe money to the IRS, you need to hear this. The IRS is cracking down on those who owe back taxes. It starts with a devastating letter. And if you don't act immediately, you could find yourself having your wages garnished or have a lien placed on your property. But there's a solution. Tax 10,000 can help. Avoid enforced compliance, where these holds on your income and seizure of your home could become a nightmare that just won't end. Call 800-239-9957 now and speak to one of our experts. 800-239-9957 is the number to link you directly to a tax resolution specialist who will negotiate with the IRS on your behalf. Working through the IRS Fresh Start program, all the forms will be handled for you. All you have to do is make the toll-free call, 800-239-9957. Find out if you qualify and possibly save yourself thousands of dollars, not to mention a lot of headaches. It could be the best call you've made today. That number again, 800-239-9957. 
The service does not provide tax settlement or legal services. We will refer you to a company that does provide such services. Often the IRS will not agree to any reduction in the amount owed. Not all taxpayers who owe more than $10,000 will qualify for a tax reduction program. Live with Gene Steinberg. It's the Tech Night Owl. Because you never know what's going to happen next. Brian, let's pursue that. Okay, so evidently, you're saying here, is that from the word on the street that the sales aren't being impacted because a certain number of people have these tiny bends in it? Or they get the bends from looking at it? It's Best Buy saying that both the 12.9-inch iPad Pro and the 11-inch iPad Pro, which are the new models that were uh, announced in uh, September, that both of them have remained strong sellers. And this is, of course, despite the fact that uh, there's been this new version of Bengate. Now, remember here, Apple has done this before where they get word of a defect. They say, oh, there's no defect. It's performing according to spec. And remember what Steve Jobs said about the iPhone 4. But did you notice the iPhone 4S had a redesigned antenna system, like a diversity system where it chooses which antenna gets the best signal, like car windshield antennas you know and then the back the back window back yeah, window despite the fact they that they have diversity despite the fact there was nothing wrong with it they fixed it yeah <laughs> and then of course we heard about bend gate which was the iphone 6s would bend in a tight back pocket sometimes apple said that it met their spec square trade the company that sells the extended warranties and consumer reports it tests and they said yeah it's acceptable But guess what? Apple reinforced the case for the iPhone 6S Plus. There was nothing wrong with it, but Apple made a design improvement. Right. And, you know, every once in a while, Apple surprises me and quickly admits to a problem or a mistake every once in a while. And to be fair, even when Steve Jobs made his very obnoxious comment that you're holding it wrong, which was the 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 first the initial response to so-called IntelliGate. Apple still did the right thing. Apple like offered bumpers that would basically keep that problem from uh, occurring. Free bumpers, I might add. That was the right thing to do. And recently, Apple has admitted to a couple of problems and quickly just said, yep, we're going to fix that. Uh, In this particular case, they haven't done that. And there was, of course, an email from Apple Vice President Dan Riccio, who said that uh, essentially what you were just talking about, that the iPad Pro meets or exceeds all of Apple's high-quality standards are designed in precision manufacturing. I would argue that if it shows up bent out of the box, it does not meet those standards. I would say that that is obvious and clear and that there's only one thing to do, and that's to replace those. You know what I would do if I went to the Apple store and bought an iPad Pro? I would look for the bend. If it's there, I'll say, replace it, exchange it. I don't want it. I have the right to exchange this thing or return it. In what, 15 days? Okay, exchange it. Yep. And and, and if I have to go through 10 would, of them would, to get one without the bend, I will. Yeah, for sure. And if Apple refused to exchange it, I would uh, get my credit card to uh, refuse to pay for it. I don't know. I don't speak for a credit card agency. I haven't spoken to a credit card agency or a credit card company, as the case may be. But I would imagine that in this particular case, the credit card companies would probably back you. And, and really, what ha- what needs to happen here is that more people need to, to raise a stink 
And when enough people raise a stink, Apple will agree to fix this. As I said, Apple will say there's no defect, but there's probably a quiet production change right now or the next model, which will eliminate the problem that does not exist. So even though the throttling of iPhone performance with spent batteries was not a defect, although Apple didn't inform people properly, they still began to offer battery replacements on certain models for $29, which undercuts all the dealers, by the way, who sell third-party batteries. And I think next year they go up to $49. So Apple right now has more or less destroyed the third-party battery industry for many models, haven't they? I don't know. Where I am now, I have six Apple stores within a half hour, 45 minutes of here that I can go to. No problem. I'll go in there if I want to change a battery. I don't know if they do that on site. I think they do. They change the battery on site. Okay, cool. Way cool. I'm happy with that. But if you live in an area where Apple isn't nearby, you're going to want to use a third-party store. If you want instant replacement, you're not going to want to mail it to Apple. Sure. In the meantime, stocks have gone down. Apple's stock right now, I'm going to look at the current stock price. We're doing this on the last Friday of 2018. Thank God this year is over. All right. And so I look at Yahoo. Apple stock price is $156.23. But if I look here at the year to date, October 3rd, it was $232.07. So from $232.07 down to $156.23. Yeah, what's the question? Apple has suffered probably more than the market has in terms of percentage. Was that a bogus fall because of fake fears about sales of iPhones? Because Apple decided not to tell you what unit sales are going to be from now on? Well, I have a slightly different take. For one thing, we have things that are unrelated to Apple, which includes economic uncertainty, uh, global uncertainty, political uncertainty, political tensions, political fears, uh, Wall Street being unsure about what's going to happen, worries about trade wars. All those things are external factors that have little or nothing to do with Apple and brought down the market as, as a whole. But in my opinion, Wall Street did react negatively to Apple announcing during its previous uh, quarterly conference call that it would no longer report specific iPhone numbers. And that is a self-inflicted wound. I, you know, there, there's, there's a, there, do we have time to actually dig into this? Yes, we do. I want to ask you another question after that, but yes. So very few companies want to tell you anything. Apple tells us some things. Most companies report their sales, their report, maybe unit sales, maybe geography sales. They might report a number of different things because that's what they have to do to get Wall Street to um, to to like them, as as it were, or you know, at least maybe not, maybe just to get Wall Street to not hate them. They want to get the coveted analyst uh, endorsements and ratings, and you know, buy buy recommendations, things like that. And to do that, they have to essentially sing a song that the analysts like. Now, analysts like numbers. Analysts like to be able to measure things. We, we, humans like to be able to measure things. 
But analysts really like to be able to measure things. They like to be able to, like, you know, compare this set of numbers to this set of numbers and see which one is better. Now, not everything really works that way, but that doesn't matter because that's what analysts want. Now, when Apple announced that it was no longer going to report iPhone unit sales, Tim Cook said, that's Apple CEO Tim Cook, said that Apple doesn't think that unit sales matter much. It's like going up to a, and this is this is a pretty close quote, it's like going up to the grocery store cashier with a basket full of, of products and then having the, the cashier ask you how many items are in your basket and, the, and the, that's how much you're supposed to pay. And he says that we don't think that makes sense. It's the value of what's in the basket, not the number of items that's in the basket. Okay, well, that's nice and everything, but Wall Street still wants to know. And Apple doesn't have to tell Wall Street that there is no legal requirement that Apple must give out unit sales, but that's what Wall Street wants. And if Apple chooses not to give Wall Street what it wants, in this case, information, it must live with the consequences. And in this case, those consequences so far have been worries that the only reason Apple stopped reporting unit sales is because unit sales are flat or down, which seems likely, I might add. Right. But then we look at Amazon. How many Echoes did they sell? But that's that's different. It's totally different because uh, the Amazon Echo is largely a, a, a blip on Amazon's total revenues. For Apple, iPhone is the vast majority of their revenue, so like 70%. Right, and we want to know more, I guess. We'll get more into that in our next segment with Brian Schaff and Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Normal blood pressure, naturally. How would that make you feel? I'm Don from New Mexico. Uh, January of 2000, I had a heart attack. Uh, Then my real health began going downhill. I had high blood pressure, diabetes, poor vision. I wasn't sleeping well. I was a mess. Don reports dramatic improvements with heart and body extract. I started taking heart and body extract from within a few days. I started sleeping better. My blood pressure normalized. My diabetes normalized. My sleep improved. Experience these benefits and more when your body heals itself with the assistance of heart and body extract. Order at hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305. That's hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305. And folks, 
I did not expect this at all. By the seventh, eighth, and ninth day, I saw dramatic improvements from taking Heart and Body Extract. Heart and Body Extract comes with a 100% ironclad money back guarantee. Details at hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305 for Heart and Body Extract. This is George Norrie from Coast to Coast AM and History Channel's Ancient Aliens. We support the amazing energy, nutrition, and skincare products from Jeunesse. Jeunesse products are designed by leading doctors in their field with natural ingredients and even stem cell technology. These products help your body perform and look better. Shop Jeunesse at GCNLife.com or call 1-844-443-6637. GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Warning, if you're drowning in debt you can't afford, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to pay it all back, because you don't. What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt-free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $5,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to let us settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Associates now. 1-800-959-5759. We'll even show you how much money you could save. If you can't afford to pay off all your debt, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to. Call Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. We depend on your success and offer a guarantee so there's no risk. For free information, call now. 1-800-959-5759. That's 1-800-959-5759. 1-800-959-5759. Are you afraid to go to the mailbox because of letter after letter from the IRS? Are they stacking on more and more penalties and interest? By now, you know the problem won't go away on its own. Don't let the IRS chase you to your grave with penalties and interest and liens and levies. You need real help now. I'm Dan Pilla. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I help thousands of people solve tax problems they thought couldn't be solved. I can help you too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. Okay, Brian, let's continue that, that Apple stopped giving the numbers for unit right. sales starting with the first fiscal quarter which is the december quarter and they gave reasons why that total sales amount more than unit sales they didn't do that either with the apple watch which has at least if you can believe the analyst estimates been experiencing double digit growth almost every quarter but then it is true but at first everyone assumed that apple wasn't giving unit sales for apple watch because they weren't proud of those unit sales. You know, since then, Apple's become very proud of it, and they still haven't given unit sales. Let me make it clear. I want to. I want to be clear about this point. I started talking about this at the beginning of this concept here. Apple doesn't want to tell anybody anything, but Apple has to tell some things, like including top and bottom line. Um, I think their uh, capex expenditures, their capital expenditures. There's a few things that Apple is required to say because it's a public company. But after those requirements, Apple doesn't have to say anything. But again, it has to live with the consequences. 
because the consequences are whether or not investors are confident in the company. And that sometimes includes what the analysts have to say. And if Apple decides that it's too precious to give out its unit sales, that's all fine and good, but it has to live with the consequences. And the consequences so far are that Wall Street is rather unimpressed with the concept, thank you very much. And that is why Apple's stock, that's part of why Apple stock has fallen as much as it has. And I think it's a self-inflicted wound. I think that Apple should own up to the fact that you know iPhone and smartphone markets are, are, are mature and that Apple expects to see the biggest growth uh, coming from increased average sell price uh, numbers and increased uh, uh, services and that they're waiting for their next big product. And maybe release some new Macs in there too so that people will buy new Macs again. Right. But then again, maybe Apple has kind of sort of admitted that already in some ways. Yeah, that's true. But they just but they admitted it without without doing so explicitly. It's implicit. Whatever works. I would argue that that it didn't work, that there, there was a backlash. Now, that backlash will probably eventually dissipate. Wall Street will, you know, will will get over itself on this. Uh, analysts will come up with some other new benchmark. Analysts will turn increasingly to third-party estimates again and, and look ever closer at what uh, Apple's uh, suppliers are doing and, and the sales that Apple suppliers are selling. And you know they'll do their best to figure out some new yardstick uh, with which to measure Apple. And you know life will move on and Apple will be where it wants to be, which is telling a little bit less than it used to. Yes, all things shall pass. Now, that was an album title. We don't want to talk about that. And also, if you look at sales and average units prices, revenue and average unit sales for the first fiscal quarter, when we get the information like February 1 or something like that, maybe we'll have a better idea where things are going. Except that the claim so far at the iPhone XR is the best seller among that group. Yeah, I uh, I wonder where that's going to go. You know, Apple has done a very very good job of offering guidance that it then hits. Um, you know, sometimes it's at the bottom end, end of the guidance, and sometimes it's at the top end of the guidance. Sometimes it's in the middle of the guidance, and I imagine that will be the case this quarter too, the December quarter. Uh, but I do look forward to seeing what apple has to say about the the 10s versus the 10 the 10r and uh, even the 10s max I, I think we'll get some kind of information it just won't be precise unit sales well we'll have to live with it but samsung doesn't give precise unit sales either yes this is true but again samsung is a, a vastly infinitely more diversified company than apple like the Apple world tends to care about Samsung's smartphone sales because of the iPhone. Samsung's overall smartphone sales certainly contribute to its profits, but it's a, a, a substantially, a, a markedly, a, a, a significantly smaller percentage of Samsung's overall performance than the iPhone is for Apple. Right, but in terms of unit sales, it's higher. Usually, well, yeah, but but it's contributing less money. It's contributing less, uh, a lot less money, and it's contributing uh, less profit, a lot less profit. I bet since they settled that lawsuit, they're making a lot more profit from Apple parts sales. Could be. We never know. Let's look into our crystal ball because we just finished recording 
the Paracast, our paranormal show, before we started the session with Brian. Look into our crystal ball. I see it now. No, that's not what happens. I don't use a crystal ball. You predicted on the last episode that one mm-hmm. of the reasons the Mac Pro has been delayed, the new model promised for next year or assumed to be promised for next year, is that Apple is going to put one of its own chips inside. Yeah. You still feel that way? Yeah, I do. I mean, it, it's it's eventually going to happen. Um, the The issue is going to be whether or not the Mac Pro is first, and whether or not the, the when the Mac the, when the new Mac Pro ships, if it'll ship with this with this Apple processor, uh, it'll it'll eventually ship with an Apple processor. The question is if if it'll ship first with this Apple processor. Otherwise, why is it taking so long to put it out? Uh, right. What could possibly take so long? What could possibly take so long? I, I, I can't remember if I said it on your show, Gene, but like, I don't care what Apple is doing to the Mac Pro. They're not reinventing the wheel. They're not like coming up with some new amazing technology that is, you know, like the first time that anyone's ever seen this stuff. Apple is designing its own implementation of existing and known technology standards in most cases. And there's just no reason for this thing to take two years. Like, I mean, you remember that the original iPad, excuse me, the original iPod was from envisioned to shipping was nine months. Like why does Apple need two and a half years to, to design a new Mac pro? That makes no sense. Unless again, Apple is, is waiting for its own uh, chip, which does take time. Also, they have a lot of issues to deal with there. The emulation of Intel code. How will it deal in terms of performance? What about people who have to use boot camp or right, virtualization right. There's, software? There's what are they going to do to deliver acceptable performance? Because professional users won't accept anything that isn't good. Th- there is for sure probably more to do on the software side uh than there is on the hardware side um so that 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 and but it, but it still ties into the same thing it still ties into that processor and if apple invents some really miraculous way of doing it or just licenses something from intel so intel at least gets some business from apple they don't have the capability of fabricating yeah. these seven nanometer chips that apple's designed but if Apple says, we'll license your technology and they'll stick it in the graphics chip or something for emulation. So Intel gets a check from Apple, Yep, a license fee, but Apple still saves money because their chips are much cheaper. That way they'll get half a loaf or a quarter of a loaf or eighth of a loaf. That might be the solution right there. Well, it's not just cheap. It's it's performance, it's power consumption, it's custom uh, c- customizability. It's uh, uh, you know, like when what we see with iPhones and iPads is that when Apple is designing its processor and making exactly what it wants and being able to change anything and everything that it needs to in the processor itself that it can make some amazingly fast devices. And the other thing that we see over on the Intel side is that they continue to not deal with the lower power consumption issue that drives Apple. Apple really wants low power consumption. And uh, and then, of course, the last thing is just control itself. Apple 
loves control. And Apple is able to do anything, excuse me, Apple is able to do things with its control that no one else can do. Like, like for instance, the, the iPhone goes to sleep for, you know, like tiny fractions of a second because it saves power. And, and individual components can be turned off for, you know, tiny fractions of a second needed because it saves power. And Apple does a lot of that stuff on the Mac side, too. It's going to be able to do even more if it's controlling the processor. Uh, you know, the, the only real issue is whether or not Apple can make a desktop class processor that is fast enough to compete with Intel because it is going to be competing with Intel powered PCs and, and uh, AMD powered PCs in the desktop and even the mobile space. Got more to come with Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists, get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow, a new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. The question here, though, Brian, is not to match the speed, but to exceed the speed. I mean, if today's iPhone is capable of in a restricted environment, highly restricted resource environment of getting up to 92% of the performance of notebooks come close to a MacBook Pro. 
unfettered in a big machine, can they scale it up? How much faster can they make it? I don't think it's just a matter of scaling it up or even just a matter of making it faster. I, I think that that you know the, the the biggest thing is that there are some kinds of processes, processes even that x86 does better than ARM. And Apple has to be able to deal with that, be it through, you know, emulation or be it through overcompensating in some other way, being it being and throwing enough cores at it. Like it's, it's not, I don't, I don't know how to say it elsewise. It's not just a matter of making it faster or scaling it up. There, there are some other things that need to be done to make it work in a desktop environment, especially a desktop environment with professional video, uh, professional photoshopping, professional audio, uh, the scientific, scientific calculations, those kinds of things. What I'm hoping is that Apple does throw a lot of cores at the at the at the issue, and that Apple compens you know overcomes any shortcomings with uh, arm for desktop by just throwing enough cores at it but you know i'm i'm far from a chip expert i'm far from an engineering uh person so i am just I, i'm excited at what apple when i look at what apple has done with ipad in particular and iphone to a lesser extent i get excited and i i'm looking forward to this transition when i said scale up i didn't mean or intend to eliminate the fact that there are other factors in chip performance that have to be regulated. It's not just what it looks like on Geekbench scores. Right. It's got to be how does it handle data? How does it manage the apps that are ported to ARM? And already Adobe is doing that with the iPad version of Photoshop. Mm -hmm. So it should be really, really simple to make an ARM-based Mac version of that with some interface changes. So they know, and this may be an important thing, by bringing over apps like that to the iPad, it makes it easier for them to bring out Mac versions that are optimized for the new chips, but still has to find a solution for emulation because it's going to be several years before people will have apps that are strictly ARM, not Intel. Right. All of that is true. And of course, there's, there's a variety of ways to handle uh, emulation, you know, Apple could stick some kind of x86 coprocessor to, to, to help with that sort of thing. Uh, there's a lot that Apple could do with the coprocessing space. Apple has been doing a lot in the coprocessing space with its iPhone and iPad chips. It's, it, it really is exciting. And, and then there's the power, the power issue. You know, Apple has been hammering Intel, like you have to get better on power and Intel's basically paid lip service to it, but not, and this is an issue, obviously it's less of an issue perhaps for, for Mac pro, although Apple still wants to be very efficient there, but it's certainly an issue with its MacBook product line. Well, certainly I can see the MacBook also benefiting. Remember Apple's already including these arm systems on a chip for the MacBook pro for the new iMac, things like that. And I'm not the new iMac, the new Mac mini. They're already including it. The new MacBook Air, they're already including it. The iMac Pro has it. The next iMac will probably have it. The Mac Pro, we don't know what that's going to be. We're just sitting here and talking through our hats. But these hats are very big hats. So we're talking through big hats. I don't disagree with what you're saying. I see the problems. 
And it does explain why Apple is taking longer than we expect. It's not just to observe use patterns from users. That could be done in weeks. Survey their tasks and see where they hit bottlenecks. That takes weeks, not two years. So Apple has to be doing something more. I I tell you what, Gene, if we don't, if, if, if Mac Pro ships and it's just like a different box with an Intel chip or even an AMD chip. And I mean, like, like what took you? So I don't know. Okay. I'm not going to even, I'm not going to even go down that rabbit hole. going to wait and see what Apple actually does. Just, you know, Apple's going to be judged strongly by the professional community when, when it does release this, this new Mac pro. And I'm going to be very interested to see where it goes. Story in Apple insider that you may have heard about. Netflix has joined the crowd and in not including in-app purchases in iPads and iPhones. They'll, of course, grandfather those existing subscriptions. So that means you can't use iTunes or the App Store to purchase that subscription. You'll have to go online, purchase it, and just use the app and log in. Okay. Now, yep. the other thing here I noticed, too, because I did this with one app, Apple charges you sales tax on an app store purchase but third-party software companies do they you know i don't know what third parties do with um sales tax but i don't blame netflix for making this this move i mean like on the one hand apple is apple customers apple users are some of the very best customers to to have they tend to be more fluent uh, they tend to be more willing to spend uh, but Apple's taking its 30% off the top. And, uh, you know, a company like Netflix doesn't want to give up that 30%. They may not have room to give up that 30%. That was the case with Spotify, which tried for years to, uh, or and, and still does, to charge more to Apple, subscri- to Apple using uh, subscribers if they're trying to do it through an in-app purchase. Uh, in order to cover that 30%. But there's, you know, there's a big difference between Spotify and Netflix. Netflix is doing really well. Netflix is is not losing money hand over fist, uh, trying to make it up in volume. And but they are also big enough that they can make this kind of move. And people people will more than likely go ahead and make the effort to uh, get to to subscribe outside the app. Well, that's how it's going to go. Okay. Now, it's only a minor inconvenience because all it means is that the first time you use the iOS app, you have to log in. And that's it. Because Keychain will store that login and you won't have to worry about it anymore. It's just a single thing. It's like I have Netflix. I subscribe online. So I can use the iOS app once I log in. I guess it's a minor inconvenience, but I'm not worried about who gets the money. Netflix, of course, will obviously be happy. And I guess this trend will continue. Sure. But then again, with soft, you know, certain types of software, you can't really do that. Log in to use the software. But with things like your, it's an app that plays something. You're subscribing to a service. That way you can get away with this sort of thing. We've got more to come, by the way. I wanted to mention before we continue with our final segment with Brian Chaffin, is that there's a way. For those of you who don't like network ads, not just have to skip through it, which you can do, but to 
subscribe to the Tech Night Out Plus. And the reason you do that is because it helps benefit this show. Okay? You get better quality audio. You get it free of network ads. That's 41 minutes of network ads that go bye-bye. And we run the same level of ads as other commercial radio shows. As other commercial radio shows run the same number of network ads. It's not any different. I mean, some people say, oh, you got an ad every five minutes. And you got whatever it is you want more information about the Tech Night Owl Plus, go to plus.technightowl.com. Plus.technightowl.com. Prices start just $1.49 a week, $4.99 a month. We offer five-year and lifetime subs. So people who want to subscribe forever. And we'll be around forever, they tell me. They're not going to let me retire, folks. Got to do it. Got to stay alive. And that's, that's, no, I'm not going to talk about the song Staying Alive as a result. But I do want you to consider Tech Night Owl Plus. Once again, that address is plus.technightowl.com. Plus.technightowl.com. You go there for more details on signing up. In any case, more to come on the Tech Night Owl Live with Brian Chaffin and Gene Steinberg. <laughs> Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Marijuana has unleashed a green gold rush across our nation. It's creating $10.8 billion in new wealth a year. And every day, it's transforming more and more Americans into millionaires. In an historic event, former Speaker of the House John Boehner reveals how you could become one of them. Join him online for the American Cannabis Summit. Attendance is 100% free, but space is limited. Join online at www.acs2018.com. This event is the first of its kind ever. John Boehner and an esteemed panel will reveal which cannabis stocks are primed to deliver life-changing windfalls in the weeks and months ahead. Plus, they will show you how to become a cannabis angel investor, backing the hottest startups before they potentially become worth billions of dollars. Join American Cannabis Summit online at acs2018.com. Attendance is free. That's acs2018.com. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and sling bows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow, a new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Bill Deagle, MD, AAEM, ACAM, A4M, of Nutramedical.com. 
and a consultant providing email advice free on advanced protocols for your optimized wellness and advanced technologies to heal and regenerate you. You can contact us at NutraMedical.com, that's N-U-T-R-I-Medical.com, or 888-212-8871. You get free email starter protocols of our top medical-grade nutraceuticals, initial testing, and recommendations for your own primary doctor to do, as well as recommendations to give you an idea of a consultation and a full protocol to try to help you regenerate your tissues, heal naturally without the use of toxic polypharmacy. I can send test kits to you as well anywhere in the world and provide you recommendations for referral of specialty clinics worldwide. So contact me, Dr. Bill Deagle, at NutraMedical.com. That's N-U-T-R-I-Medical.com or 888-212-8871. Do the letters IRS give you anxiety? I'm Dan Pilla. I've defended people from the IRS for more than 40 years. My book, How to Get Tax Amnesty, created the tax resolution industry and is responsible for helping hundreds of thousands of people. It can help you too. If you're a non-filer or facing IRS enforcement right now, your case is unique. You need real help, not cookie-cutter advice. My clients get my personal attention. Buy my book at danpilla.com and get a free consultation directly with me. That's danpilla.com. Let's start solving your tax problem right now. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. So... In 2019, Brian Chaffin, Kai sort of expect a Mac Pro, maybe with the ARM processor, or maybe we won't. It'll just be something with Intel Xeons. We shall have to see. If Apple goes ARM, would it necessarily be on their most expensive device? Would they not want to try it on a MacBook Pro or maybe back to a new version of the Mac Mini? Why put it on their flagship model unless they really got something great? Well, that's that's a really good question, and that is a great argument for you know me being wrong um, about it coming out on the Mac Pro first. Apple could, of course, introduce it on a couple of different devices at one time, but if they do have something great, I can't imagine a more powerful statement than saying our new Mac homegrown processor is so awesome we're introducing it to you on our mac pro on our highest end machine if they can do that and if it can deliver the specs and it is something special that i think that would be a great way to do it because now everyone's going to be be clamoring for that same processor or you know obviously a perhaps a slower version of it uh, on the other devices too it's a hunch that I think that Apple is going to do this. And that hunch is based on timing and Adobe's uh, decision to announcement, even to bring uh, Photoshop to iPad. When you, when you put everything together, it makes a lot of sense to me, but, but my opinion here is just that it's an opinion. It's not based on any kind of insight information that I have. It's, it's just a deduction and analysis. Time will tell. Do you yeah. think Apple will have any other interesting new products for this coming year oh i don't know i hope so i hope so i get i you know it's uh, we've t- I, we talked about this 
several times. I get so frustrated at the, you know, lack of new product updates, especially on the Mac side. Um, like, yeah, I want, I want new versions of new Macs every year. That's all I want. It's what I want. It's what I want for the Mac. And we get it for the iPad. We get it for the iPhone. We more or less get it for the iPad. We get it for the iPhone. I want it on Macs too. That's all I want. Well, I like to see Macs come out with a more predictable pace. I think Apple yeah. really dropped the ball, as we all agree here. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I, I imagine that we're probably going to get new AirPods this year. Uh, I don't think we'll get a new HomePod by any stretch of the imagination this year. There's no reason to to, to upgrade that or you know do a new version of it. Um, I'm hoping that we get some kind of more microphone centric uh, HomePod companion to stick in our uh, in our houses so that we can have speak to the air siri control of our smart homes from every room in the house uh without spending you know thousands of dollars on home pods we haven't had really solid rumors of of a, of a new apple product outside of um, new i uh, new airpods well they're certainly selling a lot of airpods i just don't know i wonder also whether apple is going to create a low-cost wireless earbuds for their iPhones and iPads. You mean cheaper than AirPods? Yeah, cheapy, cheapies. Mm, no, I don't think so. Because Apple has the wired uh, devices for that, and it can continue shipping those in the box. I think that that it wants to keep that AirPod line uh, at the you know at the premium end. I'd be surprised if we saw a cheaper version of AirPods. Okay, I'll drink to that. Back, some people say I'll drink to anything, but I don't drink. I don't either. We're weird. We're weird people. About very, that. very weird, Gene. Very weird, the both of us. Now, there's published reports suggesting that Apple will do away with the notch. The notch. For 2020, but 2019, therefore, we assume that the iPhones will just be slight iterations of the current models? Um, well, that's certainly possible. I I don't see how Apple could eliminate the notch anytime soon from a space standpoint. Yeah, I mean, one way or another, I expect to see the notch. Whether or not it's a new form factor, it, you know, it does seem like Apple's gone to sort of a, a three-iteration use of its industrial design for, for iPhone. Um, so, yeah, I, I could totally see that. And so 2020, we'll see notchless. Maybe. Maybe, right? I mean, there's, there's stuff in that notch. That stuff has to go somewhere. And, and I think Apple is pretty pleased with having the bezel be as limited as it is. So I would kind of expect the notch to get smaller before it goes away. But I, no, I don't think it's probably too soon, Gene. I think it is too soon to be looking at the rumor mill and ha having a firm understanding of what's happening in 2020 notchless iphones i still look at the notch i really can't get into that too much i understand the design constraints i understand that android land is copying the notch even though it may not be used for the same purpose but still i hear you I personally don't notice it anymore. I've had, I had the iPhone 10, I had the iPhone 10s, I have the iPhone 10s, and I don't 
even notice it. I think the question I would ask then, based on what I've read about it, for most people, the 10 R is enough. They don't necessarily have perfect portrait mode. They don't need two camera lenses because they don't take enough pictures to make a difference or they don't take enough of the type of pictures to make a difference. It takes great pictures too. Oh, I agree with that. Yes, it does. But I'm saying, despite that, I'm looking at a purchase here I did on iTunes for a small purchase, and they charge sales tax. I was just looking at that as we talked. Anyway, there we go with this. Any other things you think might happen with Apple in the next year in our final minute or so, or 30 seconds or something? Well, um, I, I, don't, I don't think we're getting close to some of these new product categories that, that uh, we're expecting. Like, we're not going to see any kind of a car announcement this year. Uh, we're not going to see, I don't think we're going to see non-invasive glucose monitoring. I guess it's possible that we'll get that in, in iPhone, excuse me, Apple watch series five. Um, but that may still be in development. I'm not really expecting a lot of groundbreaking breaking products from Apple in 2019, uh, other than the, the, the Mac pro. So, um, I think it's going to be a, largely a year of iteration outside of the Mac Pro. Brian Chaffin, for those who want to know more how to find your stuff, where is your stuff? Well, I mentioned Instagram. I do uh, I hang out on Instagram uh, every day. And my handle there is GeekTells. That's T-E-L-L-S, GeekTells. I'm the editor-in-chief of the Mac Observer at MacObserver.com. And you can listen to me weekly on the Apple Context Machine on iTunes and other places where podcasts are. Brian Schaff and Happy New Year. To you and yours, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Now Live. Thanks for having me, Gene. It was great to be here. for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the purest for you and your family. For over 14 years, thousands have depended on Berkey Clean Water. The Berkey Guy has you covered at home, work, and on the go. With water filtration systems of every size for every budget, now GCN listeners receive 10% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN at GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. For USA Radio News, I'm Wendy King. President Trump is threatening to close the southern border unless Congress agrees to provide billions to fund a border wall. USA's Rick Vincent has more. Florida Republican Senator Mark Rubio says the money isn't just for a wall. The Senate passed a bill that funded the government and did so because the White House told us they were open to it. And uh, and then they changed their mind the next day. 
and then the House passed the bill they did. That said, that the House passed was not unreasonable. The $5 billion the President's asking for is not for a wall. It is for the top 10 priorities of a border security plan. Rubio says he's not sure what Trump means by closing the border, but he agrees it needs to be secured. Trump has canceled his plans to travel to Florida to celebrate New Year's staying in Washington, but White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders says Democrats have left the table altogether. House Democratic Leader Nancy Pelosi spending the holidays vacationing in Hawaii. You're listening to USA Radio News. Hey, travelers, do you want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call. That's right, call, because the best prices are not online. They're with SmartFares. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. So you get airline tickets at ridiculously low prices. Our prices are too low to publish online. With the extra money you'll save, you can book another trip or treat yourself to dinner or shopping. So stop searching all of those travel sites to find the lowest price on your next flight. Let one of our SmartFares expert travel agents find ridiculously low prices for you. Call SmartFares today and get the best price on your next flight. Guaranteed. Also, save up to 50% off business and first-class tickets. 800-871-3291. 800-871-3291. Again, that's 800-871-3291. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0700. 771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper, article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with reputationdefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. 10771 or visit reputationdefender.com What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. So we're joined by Peter Cohen, and we're going to continue our discussion about a variety of tech topics. And one is based on a story I read the other day, but it's something that's been brewing for a long time. They introduced in California the California Right to Repair Act. And this impacts Apple and other companies, but it kind of basically says Apple can't force you to get your gear fixed and an Apple store authorized dealer. Now you work for an Apple dealer, an authorized one, right? Yeah, an, an independent uh, but Apple authorized sales and service provider. What, what's known in the business as an ASP. Okay, I knew them well. It's something that bites you on the neck or something. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding. It, it sounded like that. Okay, so the key is here, and the example I cited earlier, we were talking with another guest, and that is, with any electronic gear, you'll see 
unofficial repair shops, like there's a concession over at a nearby Walmart. They'll fix cell phones. They'll fix notebook computers. And when my son was here from Spain last year, he thought about replacing the battery on his iPhone 5C, and they said it would be $39. And this is before we had the throttling issue, so Apple would charge $79. And the question, of course, we had then, which is the usual question, is what guarantee is this going to work? What guarantee is there that this will work? And what is Apple going to think about it? So, I mean, let's unpack this a little bit. You know, in terms of right to repair, what exactly is is on the table here for for California and for and for that matter for other states that are considering right to repair um, laws? You know, it, it's not just electronics; it's cars, it's um, it's it's home appliance, it's 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 an increasing number of devices in your home or that you use every day that require very specialized technical training, very specialized parts, and very specialized processes in order to, to fix. And what's been happening over the course of the past 20, 30 years, especially in the, the automotive industry, is that manufacturers of these devices or of these products that we're using have figured out ways to increasingly specialize the componentry that, that gets used. So it's not something that a shade tree mechanic or a, a shade tree iPhone repair person can get their hands on very easily. Now, this isn't a real problem for a lot of folks who encounter typical issues with their devices. Case in point, iPhone. You want you know, a battery for your iPhone or you want a new screen because you broke it. Um, or if, if uh, Touch ID suddenly stops working on your phone, you can actually go to the mall or you can go to an independent repair place and you can get that replaced. You can get it fixed using what are called gray market parts, you know, parts that don't come from Apple necessarily, but are designed to fit Apple products. That's legal. That's fine. Uh, but you're not covered under Apple's warranty. But, you know, unfortunately leaves out a lot of other stuff. You know, there's a lot of components inside my MacBook Pro, for example, that I can't get fixed outside of an Apple store. Or that if I can't find parts for, maybe they're used, maybe they've been scavenged from a device that was otherwise damaged, but they might be second quality, in other words. They might not be the same quality that I can expect from an Apple part. Same goes for brand new Toyotas, same goes for uh, brand new Fords and so on. Um, the, 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 the traditional folks who have who've worked on these things, or, or for that matter, new appliances like dishwashers and, and, uh, and refrigerators, people who work on these things can sometimes get parts for them depending on which parts break, but other parts might be very specialized and require you to go through an authorized service channel in order to get them fixed. If you're fixing your car, say you have to replace a bumper, Quite often, the insurance company will allow the replacement of non-OEM replacement parts. It's not the same thing, for example, as replacing the transmission, where you know, the Volkswagen is not going to be replaced by somebody else's transmission. But there are third-party replacement parts, like oil filters, sometimes some body parts, like doors and such, where, as I said, the insurance company may opt to use a supposed approved third-party replacement part. The problem, of course, with 
an Apple battery for your iPhone is there's only one source for a real Apple battery. I just can't go to the store and buy an Apple battery. I couldn't even go to the Apple store and buy it because they will replace it. They won't just sell me a battery. I can go to the car dealer, go to his parts department and get a complete engine block if I want to hand him 15000 or whatever it costs because they'll sell it to me. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, you know, the the, the right to repair um, legislation that's being proposed in California that's been proposed uh, elsewhere uh, wants to make, you know, the the the, the repair parts that um, uh, that you need to keep these devices going for just a little while longer, um, uh, something that 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 are fair and accessible to everyone. So, you know, at, at its heart, it's it's consumer advocacy. And I, I'm fully in favor of it. I am a firm believer in using things for as long as you can reasonably use them, as long as it reasonably makes sense to. And that goes for my phone. I mean, you know, I've got a, a three and a half year old iPhone 6 that I don't see the need to replace. I did get the battery replaced on it before the, right on the cusp of the whole brouhaha with older iPhone batteries and iOS 11, but I did it anyway. Um, you know, I, I, I have a 10-year-old a uh, uh, TV that's working just fine that I see no need to replace. You know, we live in a disposable culture uh, where we're incented to consume um, and replace things at a really alarming pace. And, and that makes a lot of us who are concerned about sustainability and about the environment or who are just flat freaking broke you know, it makes us crazy because, you know, I, I, I don't I don't want to have to replace my my dishwasher or my my refrigerator every five years. You know, the, those were devices that or those were appliances that a generation ago were, you know, things that you got on your wedding day that lasted you until your kids were out of college. And, you know, being kind of a Yankee spendthrift at heart. I, I appreciate right to repair legislation, and I, I think that it's a good idea. And uh, I think that no manufacturer, whether it's Apple or um, Toyota or you know Sears for that matter, should force people to buy stuff um, if they can keep their old products going. The interesting thing, and I, I look at this from from two perspectives, right? There's the perspective of me as a consumer advocating for other consumers, thinking that this is important, and then there's the perspective of me as somebody who sold and and repaired these devices himself. And my perspective is the same, but for different reasons. Because you know, a lot of times when I let's say somebody came into the store with a MacBook Pro. Uh, might be like a three or four year old machine, not a machine that Apple has declared. And I'm making air quotes as I'm saying this vintage. That's their euphemism for obsolete, as in we're no longer making parts for this anymore, which they do after about six or seven years, except in California and um, some foreign locations where they were required to go 10 years or longer um, with those parts. But, you know, when when somebody would come to me with an older MacBook Pro and say, you know, it's running slow, I, I, I don't, it's out of warranty, I, I want to get it updated, I want to get it upgraded with newer parts that'll make it go faster back in the old days you know when you could do that to a macbook pro you can't do it now because all that stuff is integrated right on the motherboard not easily replaceable but back then 2012 2013 um, before the retina macbooks came out before the new macbooks came out you could you know upgrade the memory from two gigabytes of RAM to eight gigabytes of RAM. You could replace the uh, two and a half inch uh, hard disk drive with an SSD. And 
I would say probably about 70, maybe 80% of the time, I would sit down with them and I would say, okay, look, you spent $1,300 on this MacBook Pro when it was original. For my labor fee, plus the cost of parts, I could update this to get this thing more current and to keep it alive another couple of years. Let's break here and we'll have more with Peter Cohen on the Tech Night Out Live. for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. The United States of Empire is a book that claims the United States is the empire of the world. George Washington had warned us against foreign wars. The United States of Empire shows that World Wars I and II left England broken. Its former colony, the U.S., had to save the empire. Was there ever a vote? Who do we fight for? The deep state began with World War I. The United States of Empire by James Dunn. Available at Amazon Books. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to produce an endless supply of nano-sized silver solutions right from the convenience of your home. Silver Lungs. With the addition of our unique lung delivery system, respiratory infections are targeted directly, where traditional oral administration simply cannot reach. This pioneering method also preserves the original particle sizes and delivers your silver solution directly into the bloodstream. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at silverlungs.com. That's silverlungs.com. Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Hey everyone, ProactiveMD has an incredible offer for our radio listeners only. Stay tuned for our exclusive offer that includes a free charcoal pore cleansing brush and free shipping. ProactiveMD with prescription strength adapalene can heal and prevent future breakouts. Today, for just $19.95, we're offering listeners the three-piece ProactiveMD system with free shipping, plus a free gift, the new charcoal pore cleansing brush. Get this exclusive offer by calling now, 1-800-583-8662, or go to Proactive.com. 
Radio.com and enter promo code radio. You heard right. Proactive MD plus free shipping and a free gift. The new charcoal pore cleansing brush. You'll get all this for just $19.95 and their 60 day money back guarantee. You're guaranteed to get clear and stay clear or you get your money back. Call now 1-800-583-8662. That's 1-800-583-8662. Or go to proactive.com and enter promo code radio. Again, go to proactive.com and enter promo code radio. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Now, there is Reveal. Beverly Hills celebrity dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman took nearly a decade to develop Reveal from natural botanicals to return to a full body head of hair. Reveal for men and women with a 30-day money-back guarantee at GCNLife.com or toll-free 844-443-6637. 844-443-6637. Reveal at GCNLife.com. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. So Peter Cohen confronts or talks to somebody as someone who works for an Apple authorized dealership, an ASP, a little tiny reptilian character. And I don't know why I started that, but I'll continue with it. Asps and apples, man. It's a story as old as Genesis. We have a 2010 MacBook Pro here, and I'm his customer probably. I replaced, I did myself. I replaced the SSD. I replaced the drive with an SSD, 500 gigabyte SSD. I increased memory to eight gigabytes. And I did it myself, so whatever the cost of those parts were, you know, it wasn't anything very expensive for a computer that cost, what, a couple of grand or so when I bought it. You're kind of an outlier because a lot of people are not comfortable cracking open um, their device, no matter how easy it might be, no matter how many walkthroughs there are online. That's just beyond the comfort level of most consumers. And this is the point that Apple makes about, well, you know, why have you gotten so specialized with these parts? Why, why is it impossible for me to repair my own gear anymore? Their answer to that is because the vast majority of our customers never open anything, never replace anything. So it's not really important to our customers um, to be able to upgrade their stuff. And, you, you know, somebody's always raising their hand going, well, it's important to me. Well, okay, but you are a drop in the bucket compared to the other millions of people buying these things. Anyway. Now, there's another the question, point- too, I have here. Okay, say of a 1,000, every 1,000 MacBook Pro customers, five want to replace Edward Ram. The rest don't really care. Now, that five... What does it cost Apple to provide that feature for those five people out of 100? Do you sacrifice reliability? What do you sacrifice to give it up? So it's like we're doing something for the vast, vast majority of customers. But then going back to the old days, you're talking to somebody, and I realize that I'm not your target user. I just care about the parts because a lot of the things that people can do on their somewhat older Macs, I will do myself. But to replace like a battery even on a 2010 MacBook Pro or 2011, they have these tiny little pendulum screws. And it's very easy to lose them. I always have extras because you've got 12 of them in there. And very easy to lose them. You have to be careful what you're doing. You're dealing with tiny wiring harnesses. So it's better handing $100 to the service person and say, you do it for me. But it's still cheaper than buying a new one. 
Well, that's the point, Gene, and that's the point that I was I was leading to before we had to break um, for for commercial uh, during our last segment, is that when I would give when I would actually show people, you know, okay, this is what you're going to pay me for labor, this is what you're going to pay me for parts, versus the cost of a new machine, seventy or eighty percent of the time it was an excuse for them to buy a new machine. I could upsell them to a new machine. Why? Because they would get a full warranty. They would get Apple Care coverage optionally if they wanted it for you know an additional fee, but that would extend their warranty from 12 months to, to, to three years. Um, and they would get the benefit of knowing that they were buying something current that could go a little bit longer still than whatever machine they were upgrading. So, uh, you know, in, in the case of, I think, a lot of electronics, that's that's the situation that that most people find themselves in. They, they, so I, I think that this right to repair, while I think it's important, is important for a smaller percentage of consumers than people who are in this business or people who obsess about this business regularly may actually think are out there. I have also dealt with a lot of folks who, for example, bring an iPhone in for a new screen, and it's like, well, what is this going to cost me? I give them the figure, and they're like, well, I might as well just get a new one. That delta is huge. I mean, you can re- you can replace a screen on an iPhone for a hundred bucks. A new iPhone is going to cost you six fifty at least if you buy something new and and current. But people don't see it as six fifty. They see it as well. It's just going to cost me. I'm up for renewal, so it's going to it's going to be another twenty five thirty bucks a month for me. In, instead of gee, I don't want to have to drop that hundred right now. Uh, penny wise, pound foolish, perhaps, and maybe a little even a little bit innumerate, but a valid point nonetheless. You know, some people don't want to be bothered with that cost if they know they can get something better for a little bit more. Right. But if it's a battery, a battery should not be a considerable purchase. Yes, maybe so with $79 for an iPhone and what, $129 or $179 for a MacBook Pro. That's a considerable thing. But of course, you're paying $179 to replace a battery on a $2,000 computer. It kind of makes sense. The battery is a pretty sensible replacement, I think, for many people. Because you're sitting there and say, as you did with your iPhone 6, iPhone 6 works perfectly, replace the battery, everything's like new again for another couple of years. And then I can think about the iPhone 12 or something. That's a very good point, Gene, and I think that, that that's a good case because the battery, batteries themselves, even by Apple's terminology or by Apple's definition, batteries are considered to be consumable parts. In other words, from the day that you open the box, the assumption is that that is a component within the device that is decaying as you use it, directly proportional to the amount of use that you give it, and that it will have to be replaced at some point. However, that doesn't make it incumbent upon Apple to provide consumers with an easy way to replace the battery themselves, such as making it removable. You know, that just means that Apple's got to have a part supply and a process for managing that. Um, well, that's and, what the right to repair is. Shouldn't you be able to go and... No, right, right to repair doesn't say that Apple has to, has to make phone, phones with removable batteries. Absolutely. No, that's no, not, not what I'm saying. Make- Apple should sell the battery. You shouldn't have to depend on a third-party unwarranted battery. You should have the right to go in there and say, I'll take an Apple battery. Obviously, Apple's not going to warranty your repair. As far as a third-party repair shop, shouldn't they have access to the documentation? Or maybe they could you know, do some kind of certification. But if you go to a third-party dealer and they sell you a genuine Apple battery, they still have to warranty their repair. If they break it, they fix it. But 
On the other hand, looking at it from the manufacturer's perspective, and I'm just playing devil's advocate for a moment, if Apple does that, if Apple sells Apple-branded batteries to anybody who wants one, how does Apple manage the issue of those devices coming back to it, maybe having been prepared or having been repaired improperly using Apple genuine parts? And what is their liability there? And this is the issue that, that, that a lot of manufacturers come up with. Well, you know, if I'm selling parts to anybody, you know, how, how am I going to be able to manage quality on that? They can't. And so it, it, it does present a, a dilemma for the manufacturer that, quite frankly, Gene, I am unsympathetic to. But I want to acknowledge what their issue is, regardless, so people can just contextually understand here what's going on. Yes, but if Apple gets in... A product under warranty repair, which is where it only comes into play. If it hasn't been repaired properly, which should be fairly obvious, they could say, I'm sorry, it doesn't meet our standards. And next time have it fixed by Apple. I mean, they should not be responsible for a dealer that is incompetent and damages the product. That dealer has to be responsible for their work. Yeah, but it doesn't quite work out that way, does it? Well, no, because most people will say, well, it has an Apple part and it's Apple's fault. And I think Apple probably in the normal course of events will tolerate a little bit of leeway there because otherwise it'd be impossible to deal with. But if it's obviously damaged by a third party, they have the perfect right to say, well, this is not our problem. Well, what's more, if there isn't a, uh, a paper trail um then 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 uh then it's not their problem but anyway so uh, you know the, the how right to repair will ultimately affect the landscape specifically of apple product ownership is anyone's guess at this point but um it's you know it, it's an interesting uh situation that's that's continuing to develop and uh, uh I, I guess we'll see in the end um what 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 kind of difference it'll make if if the legislation in california passes California actually already has strong consumer legislation, as I alluded to before. You can get parts for your Apple products there uh, for a lot longer than you can in the other 49 states. You so, see, that also bothers me. And this is one of the states' rights problems we have in this country. Because I choose to live in a state or I have to live in a state because that's where my job is. I can't telecommute. I've got to live in this state. But this state deprives me of certain rights. So I can't buy a part or have Apple fix my MacBook Pro in this state because it's vintage. But I can have it fixed in this state or this country because it's not vintage yet. Just a personal opinion. Well, I mean, that, that you would have to go back to the founding fathers to, um, to argue. That's obviously... Um, a conflict that's been not just related to this, but central to uh, the sort of tensions that that have ruled the republic, um, that, that in fact caused the civil war for entirely different reasons. But we understand I, that. I was thinking in terms of manufacturers here more than a lot of other issues. We've got more to come with Peter Cohen on the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. 
A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Homemakers, groceries by mail ships free. Try our amazing bacon. It stores in your pantry. No refrigeration required. Our value-added packaging provides a 10-year shelf life and protects the leanest, thickest, center-cut, fully-cooked bacon in America today. Ready to eat right from the pouch or warm and serve. Always price less than grocery for your everyday use. Savory and delicious. Order today at readytoeatbacon.com. Readytoeatbacon.com. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. Welcome back to the Tech Night Out Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. My point being, as a consumer, I'm not talking about, you know, having different auto insurance laws, and even that, I think, other than the basic repair experience and things like that should be the same for everybody. I'm thinking here in terms of I buy this product here and it's going to last 10 years before it's vintage, whatever. I then move to the state across the border, which is one mile away. And now my rights to fix that have changed. I live in the same country. I'm a citizen of the United States of America I pay taxes here, but I move from one state to the other. My rights change, not in the sense of how they are dealt with in terms of one state to another for local requirements. It's a MacBook Pro. It's an iPhone, whatever. We understand the problems there. And we understand that it isn't fair, but raises all sorts of complications and political ramifications and like that. In terms of the right to repair, I think it has to be done with common sense if it's being done at all, because I can see abuses at both ends. I think Apple has to be forced or other tech companies to loosen things somewhat to give people more possibilities for repair. But when it comes to things where serious parts are broken that require really, really specialized equipment, you know, there's a gray area there. You know, it's not like a battery. Uh, someone from Batteries Plus Bulbs told me that an iPhone battery usually is not difficult to repair. Is that true? You've done it. 
Yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's a laborious process, um, especially on the newer devices, but, and there's testing that that has to happen according to Apple's own guidelines or own requirements for authorized repairs uh, that definitely slow you down, but it's still something that can be done with the right tools and whatever. In terms of right to repair and, and, you know, going over state lines and stuff like that, I mean, that's the Tenth Amendment, man. You know, the Tenth Amendment says, hey, look, the federal government only has the the powers that we granted it in the Constitution and that all the, the, the remaining powers are reserved for the states of the people. So, like I said, this is something that, that goes back to 1791, right? You know, this is, this is not a new issue uh, for our republic to deal with. And it, as it affects consumer use of, of electronics and other devices, it's a real issue. I, but outside of sweeping federal legislation that would change that, I don't. I don't really see it, see that changing a lot. It's always interesting to me to talk to people from other countries, um, especially my European friends, who find this process or this issue that we, we've been talking about for the last few minutes, uh, Gene, to be completely bizarre and Byzantine for them. Europe's done obviously a very good job uh, since the end of the Cold War of sort of uniting with the possible exception of Brexit, um, and sort of bringing everything under sort of a unified code of, of, of laws and, and, and rules, uh, whereas we in the United States take the state's part of United States very seriously. Uh, you know, which is why my uh, state subsidized medical insurance, for example, um, has absolutely no coverage for me when I leave the state. Um, I, I found that out the hard way a few years ago when I was traveling on business and I tried, I, I went to the same chain that I always get my stuff filled at, going, hey, I need a script refill on this script. I get it filled at this one up the street from my house all the time. Can I get it done here? And they're like, sure. Yeah, you can do that. We've got it in the system here as long as you want to pay full retail because your particular particular medical plan, which is offered to you through the state, you know, system, doesn't offer you any coverage here. So you would have to pay full freight for that uh, that medication. That was a real eye-opener for me, but it's another example of how these things just don't translate across state lines because we may be a single country, but we are definitely 50 states. Well, that requires, as I said, political issues. Just like I said, right to repair should not be restricted to single states whether or not an Apple product is vintage or not should not be restricted to a specific state, but it's way, way, way beyond what happens. Now, if enough states adopt right to repair, though, eventually it will, will become close to being national. Because then sure, someone would possibly have the right to file lawsuits charging discrimination, discriminatory practices or something, and eventually they'll figure a way to make it national. If enough states pick it up, otherwise, yeah, you're living in 50 different countries to a degree, which is kind of strange. Anyway, there you go. Right to repair. Let's see what happens. Hopefully it's going to be done a sensible way. I also think if enough states adopt it, Apple will simply have to find a way to make it national. They can't have one program here, one program there and drive everybody nuts. Yeah, well, sure they can. But, you know, well, I'm already nuts. I understand that. <laughs> but. You know, in terms of right to repair laws, what we've got right now is laws in 16 states, and I think like six or, or eight more are considering it. So it'll be a while before we've got national consensus on this, that's for sure. I live uh, in, with a certain amount of optimism about it, Gene, and I think that uh, it's the right thing uh, for companies to do for consumers, and I'd like to see it certainly adopted as a national standard, even if I you know, look askance at uh, what's happening now.
Looking askance. There we go. Let's go to some other topics. Have you heard the HomePod yet? You know, I am not. Uh, yes. And I. it sounds fabulous and it's a terrific piece of engineering, but I'm completely uninterested in owning one. Welcome to the club. And my reason for doing this is very simple. Any speaker, any audio speaker that puts impediments in my way as to what music I can hear on it, I'm not interested in, in owning. You know, I, I have my music from a variety of sources. Apple Music is only one of them. You know, I, I've purchased a certain amount of stuff in iTunes. I've gotten a lot of downloaded music through other um, music services that are certainly uploaded to, you know, iTunes uh, uh, Music Cloud or whatever the hell it's called this week, iTunes Match. And I like that. iTunes Music Cloud, whatever, who cares? Right, exactly. Um, but I also listen to music on uh, Amazon Music, and I also use Spotify, um, and I also use SoundCloud. And I don't want to have to deal with any speaker that locks me out of any music that I either own or want to hear. For God's sake, a speaker should just be there to play music. So I'll stick with my Bluetooth speakers and, you know, my... Uh, attachments to my home audio systems, thank you very much, because they don't give a damn what service I'm streaming from. They're just dumb speakers. I like my speakers dumb, not smart. You know, I wouldn't mind a HomePod that was just a smart loudspeaker system that would configure itself to your listening environment and get the heck out of the way. Yep, yep, yep. I want a frictionless music experience. That's what I'm looking for. And HomePod introduces friction. And you know what? That's not the Apple way, damn it. Well, Apple, I think, here was trying to create a high-end alternative to Amazon Echo. Okay. And therefore, have a good loudspeaker. Because the Amazon Echo, the basic ones like an Echo Dot or any of the Amazon Echoes are very, very average or sub-average speaker systems. The Google Home Max may be a decent one, but the rest are not. The point here is they are not designed to be speaker systems. That's just a feature. They're designed to listen to you or steal your stuff or whatever. They're designed to hear you to do commands to provide you information for Amazon to get you to buy something from them. They're not designed just for music listening. So Apple took that basic concept and tried to deliver something as a music listening system, but they've got this thing so tied up in Apple's ecosystem and this half-baked integration with Siri that I think the product has possibilities, but it's not there yet. Like I said, I'd like to see something without Siri. Why bother with Siri? I just want a loudspeaker system. Or a HomePod with no restrictions and Siri to be very, very limited just to music, just to music listening. Well, I'm very pleased that, you know, as it exists now, the, you know, hooking up an Apple TV to my stereo makes it possible for me to have, uh, you know, the, the music and other content that I want to stream to that device um, accessible to me through the existing home entertainment system I already have um, wired up in, in the house. And I've got Bluetooth speakers and, and uh, even some AirPlay speakers. Let's break it there at the speakers and we'll go on. More to come with Peter Cohen on the Tech Night Owl Live. (music) 
Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Marijuana has unleashed a green gold rush across our nation. It's creating $10.8 billion in new wealth a year. And every day, it's transforming more and more Americans into millionaires. In an historic event, former Speaker of the House John Boehner reveals how you could become one of them. Join him online for the American Cannabis Summit. Attendance is 100% free, but space is limited. Join online at www.acs2018.com. This event is the first of its kind ever. John Boehner and an esteemed panel will reveal which cannabis stocks are primed to deliver life-changing windfalls in the weeks and months ahead. Plus, they will show you how to become a cannabis angel investor, backing the hottest startups before they potentially become worth billions of dollars. Join American Cannabis Summit online at acs2018.com. Attendance is free. That's acs2018.com. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house. I sued the IRS and won. I beat the IRS then, and I've been beating them ever since. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved. I can help you too. If you owe taxes you can't pay, don't wait another day. There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. Eating, working, living pain-free. These are things many of us take for granted. But for many adults with disabilities who are elderly or have serious medical issues, dental care is simply unaffordable. Dental Lifeline Network is looking for dentists who can change this. DLN is asking dentists and their teams to volunteer to just see one of the many patients in need. You can literally change a life. When you volunteer with DLN's Donated Dental Services Program to C1, you treat a pre-qualified patient in your office at your convenience. We handle the details so you can focus on the care. Lack of dental care can lead to the inability to have life-saving surgery, eat or contribute to our community. If you are a dentist or know a dentist, please share this message. Will you see one? Visit willyouseeone.org to help change one life in your community today. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists, get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and sling bows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow, a new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. 
like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. So, Peter, in short, you have a pretty conventional setup there, Bluetooth speakers, whatever, of speakers strewn throughout your home. And You're not stuck with a speaker system that's, that's tied ball and chain into Apple's ecosystem. That's right. Yeah. You know, it, it, like I said, frictionless. It, it, I, I don't want my speakers to get in the way of my listening to music or my streaming content to them. I just want them to play audio. So um, the, the HomePod does not fix a problem that I have. If I were completely immersed in Apple Music and and iTunes, then I could say, yeah, great. You know, I would love a HomePod. But um, my my tastes run a little bit more esoteric and a little bit more complicated than that. So the HomePod ain't for me. I don't want to denigrate the HomePod. The HomePod. I think it is a fantastic piece of engineering and an amazingly good for the money speaker. I just wish that it were just a speaker, and it's it it's not. You know, Apple doesn't have any secondary input method for this thing, right? You can't hook up a um, a, a speaker cable to it and connect it to uh, another device that might not be an Apple device. You can't. Um, it's got no RCA jacks. It's, it's not Bluetooth discoverable. You know, it's it's Apple's way or the highway, buddy. And uh, I'm just I'm not interested in that right now. I think it's gotten a lot more attention than it deserved. I think Apple has a good concept there, but I'm troubled by a few things I read about it in terms of sound. And that is the conclusion by a number of people that's somewhat on the bassy side, kind of like Beats headphones. And I think if Apple is going to do all these great things like being able to auto-configure itself for a room, it shouldn't editorialize the sound. You should be able to say, Siri, if that's what it's going to be, Give me less audio. It should be opened up to a wider spectrum. I mean, if you have Apple Music and get an Android version, you're not forced to be part of Apple's ecosystem to have Apple Music. And I think with HomePod, I understand what they're trying to do. They're just basically trying to take the Echo and these Google systems, these smart, quote-unquote, speaker systems, and try to give them good audio, but they've got you so locked in. They limit the ability to EQ, unless you have something like iTunes or something. You can't just say, Siri, give me less space or more treble or something. They've done things there where they've taken something with a lot of possibilities, and I think they've crippled the device. I think, however, almost anything that's wrong with it could be fixed in software, don't you think? Oh, I think a lot can be fixed in software. Obviously, software isn't going to make RCA jacks grow out of it, but yeah, a lot of the things that will, could be fixed in software, sure. Sure. Well, for example, it's not Bluetooth discoverable. Is that hardware or software? Can they do it in the firmware? If it's got Bluetooth in there already, can it just be a Bluetooth speaker? That's a question I can't answer. I don't know enough about the guts of it to, to, to know whether or not that can be done. So. so I think I agree with you here. The HomePod is not on my list to buy. Not whether or not I have $349 I want to waste. It's because Apple's approach doesn't appeal to me. I don't know what its future is. I heard some early reports on sales saying there aren't really great shakes. People are buying lots of AirPods and it's still backordered, but the HomePod is not flying off the shelves. 
course, it, it means it's a bigger, bigger investment. But the question I have here is we think of Amazon Echo as hugely successful, but the past five check sales, they're not great shakes either. Really. Tons of people aren't buying Amazon Echoes for their home. I mean, they're doing licensing and things like, now, what is it? Dish Network supports it. The Vizio TV, even though it supports Google, Google Chromecast, will let you use Alexa. So they are expanding their licensing. But even in general, what do you need an Amazon Echo for to tell Alexa that you want to buy something from Amazon? Or you want to buy some groceries from Whole Foods and have it ship within two hours on Prime whatever, Prime Pantry? I've lost track very, of all the prime stuff. Actually, very few people use their Amazon Echoes or Echo Dots to actually order things. My experience with it, I've had one for about a year and a half now, is I mainly use it to check the news and to get a weather report when I first uh, get up and, and some other stuff. But, you know, I, I, don't, I don't really use it for much beyond that. So I think Amazon's even overplayed uh, uh, its usability in, in those terms, for sure. You know, we've heard a couple of horror stories about kids ordering stuff and parrots having stuff delivered to their house and so on. But um, I think that those are real outliers. Polly wants two deep dish pizzas from Little Caesars. Hey, cool. Yeah, I as I said, it's one of these things where you have products in search of a purpose. And as I said, up till like last Christmas, the number of sales of the Amazon Echo were estimated at 14 million over three years. Now, if Apple sold 14 million of anything in three years, it'd be a monumental failure. If Apple sold a billion dollars worth of a product in every year or every quarter, like Max, it would be a huge failure. But if it's a surface, oh, it's tremendously successful. 14 million in three years for Amazon, successful. I don't know what they sold the last quarter. I guess at $30, it's one of those things where you can, ah, it's no big deal. I'll play with it. Or I'll give it to somebody for the holidays, let them figure it out. But I think it's one of those products where you take it, you turn it on, you play with it for a while, and you stick it in the drawer, and that's it. I don't see a sustainable use for it. Now, maybe when more and more people have connected homes, they want voice recognition, all this stuff, kind of what Apple's trying to do with HomeKit. I think when more and more people have things like that, They'll do it. But why do I need a speaker system if I already have Siri on my iPhone? Yeah, you can make that case for sure. I think you see that quite often here. Oh, uh, as of last fall, they were saying that Amazon had sold 20 million Alexa devices as of October of last year. So maybe it's, what, 22 million now? They said they sold, but I don't see a final sales figure here. At all. I don't see how many fails figures. They just said 20 million as of October, November. We assume a few more million. Maybe it's 25 million now over, what, three, four years? Is that a lot? I don't know. That's the Amazon Echo and the HomePod. And I don't know. (laughs) What can I say? So we're going to drop that. I'm not going to buy one. You have, you say, an Amazon Echo and you use it for some limited purposes. That's why I use Siri for, by the way, setting alarms. 99% of the purposes I use Siri for are alarms, except sometimes in my car, I don't want to figure out how I go back somewhere. I say, Siri, take me home. And Apple Maps will 
figure a way to get me home. And usually it's close. I think Apple Maps is much better now. That's it. I just wonder why here people are just so desperate to make these things into compelling consumer products. Smart speakers is a word? Smart speakers. I think that um, there are some very specialized verticals where smart speakers work out really well. You know, for example, accessibility. If you are um, uh, physically limited in some way, having a device that you can talk to in in plain language can make a, a huge difference for a person. We'll continue that in our next segment with Peter Cohen. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNTeam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. For USA Radio News, I'm Wendy King. President Trump is threatening to close the southern border unless Congress agrees to provide billions to fund a border wall. USA's Rick Vincent has more. Florida Republican Senator Mark Rubio says the money isn't just for a wall. The Senate passed a bill that funded the government and did so because the White House told us they were open to it. And uh, then they changed their mind the next day. And then the House passed the bill they did. That said, that the House passed was not unreasonable. The $5 billion the president's asking for is not for a wall. It is for the top 10 priorities of a border security plan. Rubio says he's not sure what Trump means by closing the border, but he agrees it needs to be secured. Trump has canceled his plans to travel to Florida to celebrate New Year's staying in Washington. But White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders says Democrats have left the table altogether. House Democratic leader Nancy Pelosi spending the holidays vacationing in Hawaii. You're listening to USA Radio News. Hey, travelers, do you want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call. That's right, call, because the best prices are not online. They're with SmartFares. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. So you get airline tickets at ridiculously low prices. Our prices are too low to publish online. With the extra money you'll save, you can book another trip or treat yourself to dinner or shopping. So stop searching all of those travel sites to find the lowest price on your next flight. Let one of our SmartFares expert travel agents find ridiculously low prices for you. Call SmartFares today and get the best price on your next flight. Guaranteed. Also, save up to 50% off business and first-class tickets. 800-871-3291. 800-871-3291. Again, that's 800-871-3291. 
Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. The IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how'd it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes, take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now 800-503-8625 800-503-8625 you're listening to the tech night owl live with gene steinberg you never know what's going to happen next Special reminder, folks, we have a special version of the show. Speaking of being special, if you're tired of listening to all the network ads, we have a way to get rid of them without fast forward. Join Tech Night Owl Plus at plus.technightowl.com. We offer a version free of the network ads, better quality audio for prices starting at just $1.49 a week. Cheaper than the Circle K coffee, even the small one. Plus.technightowl.com. We have Peter Cohen. We're kind of wondering here if there is really a legitimate market for a so-called smart speaker. And then he mentioned vertical markets like someone who's handicapped, somebody disabled. They need a smart speaker that can perform tasks for them. That makes a lot of sense. There's a lot of really specific reasons why you'd have something like that. And I think in that case, it makes a lot of sense these products, not general consumer products, but for people who really need them. Maybe, you know, when more and more people have connected homes. Yeah, that- and that's that's another thing. You know, I mean, connected homes, we've been hearing about connected homes for nigh on a decade now. That's still happening and kind of fits and starts. But I don't think that there's anything wrong with normalizing the idea of talking to a smart assistant like, you know, a Siri or a, a Google or Alexa or a Cortana, you know, from Microsoft or, or what have you. Um, I, I don't think that, that that it's a bad idea to to bridge that gap. Um, but it just it, it feels so much right now like it's still a solution in search of a problem as opposed to something that is making my life demonstrably better. And I think that that's my biggest problem with whatever device you're looking at, whether it's HomePod or something else, is that, yeah, uh, talking to Siri is great and, and can come in really handy, but all of the problems that this fixes are – um, dare I say, hashtag first world problems. They're not real fundamental issues that affect the quality of my life. Being able to turn on my lights by saying, hey, Siri, turn on my lights is nice, but 
and and like I said, if if I if I had mobility issues, it would be a completely different story. Then it actually would be demonstrably making my life better. But for normal able-bodied folk, I don't necessarily think that these any of these devices are offering, at least right now, compelling reasons uh, for us to own them that would actually demonstrably improve the quality of our lives. They're they're luxuries. I don't, for example, even worry about automatic lights, room lights, so you can just say, turn on the lights, turn them up, push the button, let's, you know, go back to being old fashioned. What's so hard about going to the washing machine and pulling a knob? What's so hard about pushing a button to get the dryer on? What's so hard about, you know, putting something in the freezer or making a minor setting change to your refrigerator? I mean, it's not being old fashioned. I think some things are just absurd. We'd like the home where it's like the science fiction movies, where you tell something to the personal assistant and it does everything in your home. Okay, set the thermostat temperature at 76 degrees year-round, or, you know, when I'm not home, make it warmer in the summer and cooler in the winter, whatever, to save electricity, because I don't have the solar panels because they increase the tariffs on them, or whatever it is. The thing here is, I can see purposes for that, for the well-connected home. I just think it's still not there yet. And I think that's also the difference between Apple and other companies, which is Apple comes out with something when it can really do some good, not just oh, yeah, as an experiment. And I think HomePod, they may have been forced into doing HomePod because the market could get away from them before it gains traction. And, you know, maybe too many people have Amazon Echoes and be so tied into that ecosystem that Apple will lose it. But if entering it this way provides them positioning to further... E- improve the product and make it more useful in the future, maybe that's it. But I think today Apple didn't have to produce a HomePod. I think they had to because of the state of the market. I don't think that they had to because of the state of the market. I think Apple produced the HomePod because they wanted to produce the HomePod. I don't think that Apple feels a lot of market pressure to do much of anything. Apple's the biggest consumer electronics company in the world and actually one of the biggest companies in the world, period. Apple doesn't get a lot of pressure from anybody to do much of anything except make more money. And HomePod is obviously going to be accretive to their bottom line, but it's going to be a rounding error for a very long time within their products. Why? Because who buys a $400 speaker? It's not a real problem that people are having. But let's differentiate that from this other thing, which is, you know, Apple trying to solve real problems with it. HomePod doesn't solve any real problems for anybody. Apple, it certainly gives Apple an an entree into the smart speaker space, and it gives Apple a very clever way of differentiating itself within that space by having this very high quality audio experience. Um, and they're certainly putting a lot of mu- muscle, a marketing muscle to it. The FKA Twigs um, ad that they've got is amazing. I've watched it like three. I've watched a long form version of it three times now, just because I really like the music and I love the visuals. And uh, her dancing is fantastic too. But you know, marketing pizzazz aside. Like I said, HomePod doesn't fix a problem for me, but I, I don't buy this idea that, that Apple had to release the HomePod because of the great pressure that smartphones were around for years before Apple released the iPhone. Apple changed everything after it released the iPhone. Tablets were around for years. I mean, I, my entire career at Macworld happened 
between the time I saw a first tablet at an IT job I was at before I was at Macworld and then the release of the iPod in 2000 and what was it, nine, right? The, oh, the iPad was like 2010. Tablets were shown the next great thing. Apple probably entered an area of smart speakers where it had the difference, which is the audio and the ability to auto configure itself. And that itself could bring out a whole generation of products that do not have to be smart speakers. People who want audio and to be able to just take a speaker system and set it up without configuration, just turn it on and it's at its optimal. That's a pretty good thing, even if you forget the smart speakers. Yeah, true. And what, that's what I'm saying is forget the smart speakers for now. Just get yourself a decent audio system. And don't worry about it. You want to talk to Siri? Pick up your phone and say, hi, Siri. And as it turns out, HomePod, whatever it is, whether successful in the first generation or not, and they didn't sell that many Apple Watches first six months either, it can lead to a lot of interesting ideas. And then later on, Apple could improve the recognition and everything else. Everything about the HomePod that's significant to anyone can be fixed or changed in a software update. They can improve the sonic balance to be less spacey. They can give you more options. They can improve the recognition from Siri so it can get better. Does it reach a point where this generation becomes the X factor for a lot of people? I don't know. I mean, the Apple Watch apparently has now become a pretty big thing. It's the number one wearable on the planet. Everyone else who's tried to do smartwatches has failed miserably. They've crashed and burned. Based on estimates, they're selling more Apple Watches than Fitbits now, and Fitbits are a fraction of the price. So Apple has found an area where the fitness thing works perfectly. You heard the story, Peter, where United Healthcare is offering... Credits towards buying an Apple Watch as part of their motion fitness program. If you meet certain fitness standards, you get up to $4 a day towards your Apple Watch. You can buy like two a year or something like that. Yeah, it's interesting because they're not the first company to do this. Um, you know, several other healthcare um, and health insurance providers have in tried to incent their users, their customers uh, to, to get uh, fit using Apple Watches. I think it's a great idea. It, but th that's obviously not where the bulk of this market movement is coming from. It's from people just walking into the Apple store and going, yeah, I want an Apple Watch. You know, we got more to come with Peter Cohen on the Tech Night Owl Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com host. Once again, that's technightowl.com host.
First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Extendivite, a seven-herb combination made from garlic, cayenne, hawthorn, bilberry, ginkgo biloba, valerian, and milk thistle. Extendivite feeds our body with the right nutrients to keep us healthy. Just listen to what Arthur has to say. I was just calling to tell you what a great product you have. I had used this about, oh, 10 years ago after I had congestive heart failure. And it fixed me up and got me going for the last 10 years. Lately, I've been having heart trouble again. So I placed another order because this was the only thing that ever worked. And I just wanted to let you know that you have a great product. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extend Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow, and like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat, I would flip-flop all night long, I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you can move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed, it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. That's so interesting with the Apple Watch. 
It's reached the point where the masses really have them. I think they estimate, what, 17, 18 million sales last year. Third year of the Apple Watch. They sold 20 million iPhones in its third year. And I'm not going to say that the Apple Watch will grow as fast, but it did grow over 50% based on different industry estimates. But I see more and more people that I would assume don't get paid a whole lot of money, like a cashier in a convenience store. And several of them I know, and they're just nice, lovely people, and they're really working hard to make a living in this very crazy, foolish society of ours. Apple Watches. I see more and more of them around, not in the hands of people who like expensive tech toys, but just anyone. And that's where Apple has made a difference. And the fitness angle is where they seized on something that really appeals to people. As you say, you know, insurance companies may provide them as a special premium or something with one of their programs. Also, John Hancock, Aetna, and a couple of others. And that's another way for Apple to make an entry into fitness. I think fitness is really important to them. And I think part of that is Tim Cook is very heavy into fitness. And I think that was the big magic bullet with the Apple Watch there. Once they made full bore into fitness, adding more and more features, making it more and more independent, offering them at starting prices that aren't that expensive, I think that made a huge difference. And I don't think it's going to replace the iPhone in terms of popularity, but you're going to see tens of millions of them out there soon. Yeah, I mean, in terms of Tim's connection to fitness, no question that that I think that that gives him, at the very least, a unique insight as to what these things are trying to do. But obviously, fitness just in general is a huge market. Apple is, has, has really come in and cleaned up the fitness wearable market with the Apple Watch because it can do so much aside. What amazes me about the sales of the Apple Watch, the purported sales of the Apple Watch, anyway, because Apple's keeping its cards close to its vest. This is a device that's fundamentally useless unless you already have an iPhone. So Apple is selling the Apple Watch to a very specific subset of customers. You know, it's, it's customers who already have an iPhone. And obviously, you know, the, the third generation uh, Apple Watch with, you know, integrated is cell phone or cell radio is, is kind of a different creature. But still, fundamentally, the Apple Watch is an accessory for the iPhone. It's funny because when, when I talk to people who aren't familiar with the Apple Watch, they see me wearing one, they, they ask me a few questions. This comes up and, you know, my first qualifying question for them is, do you own an iPhone? And if they say, no, I'm using an Android phone, I'm like, uh, well, you know, there are Android gear devices that you can look at, but don't even bother with an Apple Watch because it's really kind of useless for you. So it just interests me that it has managed to make this major, major disruption, not only in the fitness wearables market, but in the watch market. Apple is selling a lot more watches, Apple watches, than a lot of watchmakers do. That tells you um, just how much market movement capacity iPhone users have. Uh, when they're incented to get something that makes their the use of their device better. And remember, there are hundreds of millions of people with iPhones. We forget that. You know, we think, well, they've got billions of Android devices. Yes, they do. But hundreds of millions of any ecosystem is a huge number. And it creates incredible possibilities for an Apple Watch. Based on what it is, what it does, how it does it, it will never not be integrate into Apple's ecosystem. What will happen is it will become more independent of the iPhone, but it will never be freed. It doesn't have to be. Yeah, absolutely. But I could see a point where Apple says 100 million Apple Watches and people will turn around and realize that there is no smartwatch market. There's only an Apple Watch. It's like the days of the iPod. You see, now what they do with 
smartwatches, they group it together with wearables. So anything you stick on your wrist that monitors something is a wearable. The most basic thing, it's measuring your pulse, whatever it does, it's a wearable. Obviously, Apple Watch does a heck of a lot more. But there is no smartwatch. Galaxy Gear, Android Wear. Where are they? Yeah, Android you know, Wear. You know, they sell six of them. Nobody buys them. It's like the iPod in the old days. You want a music player? It was an iPod. Even nowadays, the iPhone is still a generic term, even though Apple has, you know, less than 20% of the market. But for any individual market, which people seem to forget, Apple sells more. Apple sells a lot more iPhones than Samsung sells Galaxies. It's just that Samsung sells lots of low-end crap. And even the last quarter, by the way, Apple sold more than Samsung. So, you know, people are wondering, what is Apple's successor to the iPhone? Well, you know, when, uh, Apple Watch is not bad. People still buying Macs. iPad sales are up again. And we forget a few things about Macs, too. Do you see the incredible penetration Apple is making into the enterprise? You know, first with IBM, Delta Airlines, Walmart. HP is l- selling on a subscription basis Macs, iPhones, iPads. Go to HP and buy yourself a Mac. Yeah, it's an interesting turnabout, and I mean, it, you know, it's it, it's been an open secret for many many years that uh, you know the cost of 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 maintaining Macs in an enterprise setting is lower than um, the the cost of of maintaining Windows PCs. For a very long time, the friction that was created was you know Apple's relative lack of integration. You know some of the, the the protocols and 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 processes that IT people use, but that that line has really been I wouldn't say erased, but reduced. With, with the OS ten migration, Apple did a lot of industry standard connectivity. I mean, they added Boot Camp to Intel Macs because they expect it to be a Windows PC that integrates into a traditional Windows environment or with virtual machines. But I think a lot of it is when the iPhone came along and the iPad and people started using MacBook Pros, the boss comes in there and says to the IT people, hook it up. And Apple would announce at every one of these quarterly conference calls, well, we've got 95% of all Fortune 500 companies either deploying or testing iPads and iPhones. Now, that had to lead to something after a while. You know, that obviously made the thing. And then we see IBM telling us what we all knew about Macs. They're hundreds of dollars cheaper to maintain. And they're getting tens of thousands of people are buying Macs. And HP, which doesn't make a lot of money from PCs, by the way. I bet HP makes more money from selling you a Mac on a subscription basis to your office, to your business, than they do on if you buy an HP computer. It's money to them. It's services. What do they care what it is? I mean, HP and Apple have worked together over the years anyway. It's not anything unusual. That's true. Yeah, you could buy an HP iPod for a while. You know, a lot of people use Macs would get an HP display or they get an HP scanner, an HP printer. And that was no big deal. They always made them compatible with Macs. So now, you know, I think HP learns something from IBM's experience. And I wouldn't be surprised if Dell does the same thing. Dell's, okay, you want to buy a Mac? We'll, we'll sell you a Mac. No big deal. It's, it's, it's money in my pocket. Who cares? Hey, Peter Cohen, please tell our listeners where we can find more of your stuff. You can find my stuff online at www.peter-cohen, and my last name is spelled C-O-H-E-N.com. All right. You can also find us on Twitter if you look for Tech Night Owl. 
We have a second radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night. It's called The Paracast. And we'll talk this week on The Paracast at Paracast.com with Robert Schroeder. And he's going to talk about advanced propulsion systems. Okay? Advanced propulsion systems. Solving the UFO enigma. How modern physics is revealing the technology of UFOs. That's the book he wrote. And part of it is about advanced space propulsion systems, things that maybe even SpaceX is looking at now, but we're looking at the UFO angle at Paracast.com. And by the way, please don't forget Tech Night Owl Plus. Tech Night Owl Plus is a way for you to get a version of the show free of the network ads, and it only costs you as little as $1.49 a week or $4.99 a month. And the way it works is we make available to you a version of this show without network ads, better quality audio, and if you want to find out more, go to plus.technighthow.com. That's plus.technighthow.com. And once again, it starts at $1.49 a week, our price cheap. Now, my friend Peter Cohen is not probably going to get his next Mac on a subscription basis from HP. Or maybe he will. No. If no. it becomes part of a big business, he might. Peter Cohen, yeah. thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you, as always, for having me, Gene. I'll talk to you soon, man. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.